This is the story of a girl. You've got to remember and drown the whole world. Though she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely loved her when she smiled. Da 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 da. The angel opens her eyes. blue colored eyes. Behind the sound. I don't remember this part. Oh, Zomphia. Man, I really wish. Can we make a hashtag? Let's make live cool again. Make live nope. great again. Nope. I nope. love live. Nope. 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 I loved live so much. I, I was a big fan of that album. And so was my best friend, Chris Miller. And we mm. used to go, uh, her placenta falls to the to floor. The floor. <laughs> <laughs> what a, is that the most 90s line ever or what? Oh, my gosh. It was spiritual and religious. <laughs> her placenta falls. What does that even mean? It's just uh, the, the mother dies and the baby dies in birth. <laughs> oh, I've never really read all the lyrics. I know. No, people are like, <laughs> and it's like, no, the, the angel is there as the baby dies and the mother dies. Lightning crashes and old mother dies. Uh, yeah, that's all about. That's no. what it's about. No, yeah. Now Luke, it becomes real for <laughs> oh you. Doesn't it? Oh no! <laughs> uh, let's sing something else. Let's sing something else quickly. Someone sing something from Candlebox. <laughs> Round here. <laughs> Takes the clothes off. Says she's close to understanding Jesus. Well, she looks at the building. You know, uh, I'm going to stop right now because I'm not as good as Adam Duritz. <laughs> Not even close. Let's sing Tool. Learn to swim. Learn to swim. <laughs> Some say a comet will fall from the sky. Luke doesn't really appreciate it all that much. Oh, man, I love Tool. Back in the day, I'll they be. were so effed up, but I loved them so much. I, I love them so much because my big brother loved them, and he taught me that John Maynard's voice is unique in rock, and I agreed. I will take Chevelle every time over Tool. Oh, man. Oh, man. I haven't hit record. Did you hit record? Yep. Because I wanted to get my little thing in there. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Come on, uh, man. What is this, amateur hour? It what is. What is this, 2015? 2017. Mm, <laughs> when we kind of gave true. up for a little in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, let me tell you. There is nothing like lighting a fire under your podcast than paying another human person to help you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, you want to tell everyone the good news? Yeah, so we have a lot of good news, everyone. We have a lot of fun stuff uh, going on. Um, Whoa! This is part of our promise to you to become better. So, one is that we've actually hired and uh, we uh, hired an assistant. Like, she's on. She is with us. Uh, she's a, she's a part of our team. Uh, as you guys know, we uh, had a person we had a person uh, here for a bit, but then she got this like awesome job, so she was not able to uh, to commit anymore, which is fine. And so we were like, crap. Well, that's that's the end of us. And but it wasn't because we were able to get in touch with a good person named Kate and Kate's our new assistant. And Kate is – did you remember like we were on that phone call today? How she asked – like she asked the um, question that I was going to ask but in a much more professional um, manner. And I was like, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the best things is we – the second announcement is why we need Kate so much. It's not just because it took me a year and a half to mail out stickers that I had already addressed, put in envelopes, and put stamps on, and then <laughs> left in my car for literally – not a year and a half, not a year and a half. For, Six months. 
No, it was for a year. <laughs> I looked at it and I, I, I went back to the list and I was like, okay, I'm going to send these out. I'm going to send these out. So I mailed them. And then I looked at my computer and I was like, okay, now I have a handful of, oh my God, that was from December 2017. And I sent it out in October of 2018. You. I oh. knew it. I knew they were still there. Oh, man. Well, that was October of 2018. Oh, oh okay. There you go. That's fine. Thank you. Everyone, listen, I have sent out probably 100 stickers in the last, we'll say, four weeks. Today yeah. alone, I sent out 40. When did we start printing these these stickers? Like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I, got a, I got a text from Aunt, Aunt D, and uh, she goes, just so you know, from Matt Frad, I've gotten a welcome video and and a book. Still haven't got a sticker from you guys yet. <laughs> and How I was like, Andy not and I was like, Andy, relax. <laughs> and then she was like, don't talk to me like that. And then she hit me <laughs> through the phone. Send me her email address or send me her address or physical address and I'll send her. I'll send her a stack. I sent a stack to Canada. I sent a stack to Australia. I literally sent I sent about eight stickers to a guy in Australia, and I said, listen, man, I'm sending these to you. Sugar Garcia is going to be so pissed that she hasn't got one. So I want you to send them to her. I'll send you her address. And then later on, um, Sugar sent the address. She goes, laughably, I still haven't received it. And then so I just sent her like a bunch so we're good we're good we're we're good good. there we go and so uh kate's gonna help out with all with all sorts of stuff uh on the patreon page and and the most important thing is uh on patreon so she's organizing all of that just to make sure that every like uh because it's gonna be a thing that's always gonna be evolving always gonna be trying we're always gonna be trying to um making that um better because that's where the money is and uh, i'm just kidding but (laughs) i mean and that's where you like it it's yeah and that's where like, the, the, here's the problem, and me and Matt Frad um, and Luke have talked about this before. We realize the impairment that social media does to our lives. Like, Luke becomes a bitch. I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Uh, I just, it just distracts me. And, uh, you know, like, in the morning, I love sitting down with a cup of coffee next to my wife in those few precious minutes before the kids come tumbling down the stairs. And. It's so easy to just pull out a phone and just swipe, swipe, swipe. So I deleted Facebook off my phone. Our Facebook group on on um, on Facebook, can't believe I said that. Our Catching Foxes group on Facebook has, like, <laughs> the amount of engagement just plummets. And you know that you need to be out there, but I also don't want it to come at the detriment of all this stuff. And Mafrad's like, just get a person to help yeah. you with that. And But we need so a she- person who's a fan. Who gets the show? And she's been a listener not since day one, but pretty damn close. So, but day ninety three. So uh, day ninety three. We'll take what we can get. And then, uh, do you want to talk about yes about the because other this thing? is the other thing that she's going to help us with. So, oh, oh, let me just say one more thing. Patreon. She's the one that has been helping us do the novena. Yeah. For Amber. Um, yeah. Amber Van Vickle. Yeah. Um, Dave Van Vickle's wife. Dave Van Vickle. If you don't know, um, the 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 most life-changing episode probably that we've ever done is Perch Like a Bird with Dave. It's one of the early episodes. It's just incredible. Dave is a really good friend of both of ours. He's a co-host of a show that I do called Every Knee Shall Bow with Ascension Press. And Dave's wife has cancer, and it's very, very aggressive. And so we donated uh, uh, $265,000 to his GoFundMe. A lot of Catching Foxes people rallied around that, which is awesome. But um, the idea of doing a novena for Amber, 
um, is all being maintained and updated every day through um, through our wonderful new associate. Associate. Uh, Kate, yeah. She's not an admin assistant. She has a whole – she's got like seven or eight year background in content development and creation and all this stuff. And then now she's going to help do streamline our pipeline for this next big announcement. So we partnered with an advertising agency called PAR. And so we might be doing legit ads on here. We have signed an actual con- an actual contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh... <laughs> it's so funny. Like we might actually get that uh, Casper mattress money. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it was kind of a like this was like this really was for me. And I and I, and I know this is very I'm self indulgent. We'll be done here in a in a bit. But we want to share <laughs> our victories as well as well as I and mean, we've shared plenty of losses with. <laughs> you know how broken we are. You yes. know how cra- crappy we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much Luke will go out the handle on against perfect strangers uh, who like Taylor Marshall. Um, I uh, this is like for me was a real a milestone a, a moment when you pay when you when you really stop and look at who these people are work with the fact that they wanted to work with us because I have been I'm working at this for years. Just trying to contact different different like ad agencies would hear back from some, um, and then it just wouldn't really go any any a- anywhere. And just the fact that they're willing to invest time and effort into us, and if you I'm looking who the, who their clientele is, uh, it's a little ridiculous that we're even able to be a part of that group. I feel like yeah. we've gotten signed to a label, even though they're just getting like it, it feels feel like, like I'm like that. wait we're like I mean so. Can we say like who they work with? Is that fine? You think? Yeah, 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 yeah. So P A R Par is the media group, um, and they are the go between between advertisers, or excuse me, they connect podcasts specifically with brands and brands who want to dip into podcasts. And so Luke discovered them through, I think it was the Total Soccer Show. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then oh, I go on their website and I'm looking at their stuff, and there is one of my number one fire podcasts. That I love. Paula Pants Afford Anything. Ooh, I'm burping like crazy. White Claws, stay down. Uh, Paula Pants Afford Anything. I listen to that all the time. She's got great insight, and uh, it's a lot of fun, especially when she argues with uh, – she has a co-host who's like a CPA, and they argue, and it makes my heart so happy. Um, but it was like a lot of legit stuff, and they don't have a faith-based category. And so we are going to be, which is absurd. <laughs> we are going to be number their one. very We're first number one. faith-based podcast that they've ever had. So it's like, so they say things like, like, for instance, we're going to, the brands will reach out to you. And if it's a good fit, they will, you know, send you products. And if you like them, then you can do a testimonial review. That way you're not endorsing something you're not behind, but also if you don't – and this is the cool thing that I love about these people. If you yeah, don't like yeah. what the brand represents, you just say hard pass. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's cool. But they had a bunch of brands, you know, a bunch of companies come to that. Sometimes brand sounds so douchey, like uh, influencer. Um, but they had well, a bunch but of it, – But it does make sense, though, because you can yeah. have certain companies has different brands. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So they've had companies request uh, faith-based 
face based, um, faith based advertising and or podcasts. And so they like James Avery, where I got my wedding ring, uh, Avery Jewelers said like, oh, do you have any Christian podcasts? And they're like, no. And they're like, well, we kind of want to focus on that market right now. And they're like, okay, well, we need to look at that. And then Luke, you reached out to him, right, Luke? Yeah, yeah. So I just went on the uh, – because it was just kind of <laughs> like a – I mean, it was just like a shot in the dark, I guess. I was like, hey, because what really surprised me was about a year ago I heard an episode of the uh, Total Soccer Show, and they just started talking about how many um, downloads they get. And I was like, that's – that's actually comparable to us. Like, you, uh, I mean, now they get more we could be, because it's every day, and I think they're they have they have higher ceilings than 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 us. But I was like, if they if they do if they advertise if um, they do stuff for them, I wonder if they'd be interested in like in um, a show in a show unlike ours. And it turns out they were. And honestly, I've been trying to do this for like probably <laughs> yeah. two to three years now. Yeah, we've had a couple groups that we've reached out to, and we're like, hey, this says that if we have an audience of 4,000 people, we can make up to $200 a week or whatever. And then, like, no one responds to us, and we're like, we have more than that. (laughs) I know. So I honestly think part of it, I I, I mean, I just, I think it's the faith thing. I I just think most people touch with the 10-foot pool. And so So I love the fact that this group wants to reach out to us. Yeah. But here's the funny thing, Luke, can I tell them the funny thing? When mm-hmm. I was looking on their categories. <laughs> yeah. 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 Guys, this is how you know that we, we kind of fit in this group accidentally. Uh, they have all these different categories. So it's like um, bi- uh, like what's trending, business and technology, which is always a hot podcast market. Uh, women's issues or women's content or something. And then uh, something else I can't remember. Who cares? And then the very bottom one was adult. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, oh, no. And so I clicked it, and I looked at it, and these are, like, leading – they're, like, the sex therapist, sex uh, commentators. They're not, like – it's not, like, porn, but it's very pornographic. (laughs) So I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. So – I'm a little better now. <laughs> like, I'm a little better now after I saw the zeros. I will literally sell my soul for anything. Just kidding. Just kidding. And they're like, hey, would you guys uh would you guys try uh try these pills for a week? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what that was they? a really fast response. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I'm 37 now. <laughs> this old gray mare ain't what she used to be. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so how you doing, Luke? <laughs> Listen, you can inject things in places that you didn't even know I have. If it means I'll get forty extra dollars this month, forty. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, that's a long way of saying. I just think of that. I'm simply saying, oh, that's exactly really, what she used <laughs> to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. <laughs> You need to edit. You need to put that clip into there. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyways, we're, that's a long way of saying we're very excited about that. And um, and don't worry, the ads are gonna all uh, stay. Like we're still gonna do all of, like riffing and stuff that we typically do. They were all about that. So and I really appreciate the fact that they could clearly um listen to our show. Like they called Gomer Gomer, and I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. And you don't have a comment about a grown man going by the nickname Gomer? Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. I got Thank that in you. youth group. Very cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, can you allow me to I have a story about it. Can I tell it, please? Yes. So, anyways, uh we are very pumped. 2020 is off to a great start here in 
here on the Captain Fox's land. And one of the best parts of our show is our Patreon page. And you know what we're doing? Uh, you know what's really great about this is we kind of don't have to go to Facebook for 10 minute topics any anymore. Yeah. And we get really, and we don't get any like any ones that are like, "Can you tell me about this new like this scapula thing?" And I'm like, "No, scapula thing. No, go, keep going, Luke. I like scapulas. It's just after a while, it gets a little Scap- bit like scapula. What am what? am I, am I, am I pronouncing it wrong? Scapular. Scapular. Scapula. Scapula is like the I name went of the to a public group. school. That's true. That's true. I apologize. All right, here's the deal. You ain't got no staff, no time, and certainly no budget to make creating compelling content for social media in any way a priority. So what do you do as a Catholic parish? Probably what most parishes do, and you just copy and paste things straight from your bulletin page onto your Facebook page. Man, that ain't no way to live. And yet, all the millennials, Gen Xers, and even grumpy, fussy baby boomers are online like 24-7, which means your church can be online like 24-7. And they don't just want you to have a presence online. They want it to be good, like like really, really good. That's why CatholicSocial.media exists. You subscribe to them, and they hook you up with daily social media posts that you can personalize for your parish without their, like, logo all over the stuff. You know, like when you illegally pull stuff from Google Image Search, and it has other people's logos all over everything? Not that I've ever done that. I am as pure as the morning dew. CatholicSocial.media is a Catholic company with Catholic artists, designers, writers, and videographers coming up with the very best stuff for your parish. And you can look like a genius and save time and money. Head on over right now to try.catholicsocial.media. Apparently, the designers over there are big fans of Catching Foxes, and they created a free trial with the discount code FOXES for you just to try out their stuff and see if it's a good fit for your parish. That's a free trial with the promo code FOXES over at try.catholicsocial.media. Special thanks to catholicsocial.media for sponsoring this show. So for those who are brand new to the show, we do a little thing called 10-minute topics where basically what happens is we're too lazy to either come up with um, with a topic for that week or we're just emotionally exhausted and don't have the um, energy to talk about cool cool stuff. And so we basically go to our fan base and we get such great questions from everyone over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash CF. Again, that is patreon.com slash CF. And uh, basically anyone who is a $10 a, a month or or like over account, uh, we're going to answer your questions. So are you ready, Gormley? Let's, yeah. let's dive into this. Oh, and the uh, $10 amount is called Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. Yeah, 10 minute topics ladies and gentlemen. We have no more than 10 minutes to answer these topics. However, sometimes we go a lot less and sometimes we go way over, but we're going to try to keep it sweet. Okay, go. Why is taking a nap on your wife's pregnancy pillow so fantastic? <laughs> Can I just tell Okay, listen. Hear me out on this. No, hear no, no. Out. You're 100% correct. Okay. So for those of you that uh go and explain to the kids what a pregnancy pillow is. A pregnancy pillow is one that is shaped kind of like the number nine or maybe a a crescent moon so that the woman can have support for her belly but also lay on her side and then have her legs have support. So it's a very long and comfortable pillow. So And it wraps around you like a warm, weird. There there are a couple different variants. My wife never had the full wrap around one, but yeah, 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 yeah. 
So try to imagine that you're in bed and you have like a pool flotation thing that you can just relax on. <laughs> now, so I was okay. So I'm doing Exodus ninety. Congratulations! I stopped doing Exodus ninety, <laughs> which is ironic. I know, especially given my hilarious Facebook post. Um, <laughs> uh, I uh, and I I woke up this morning just like dead tired. I don't know why. I don't know. I was just. I honestly just wanted to die. And so, but I you had. You know what would have cured that? A cold shower. Exodus 90. Well, I did, and it didn't really. I mean, it helped a little bit, but. Um, and I just, I came home, and I had I, I, I had to leave my house at like uh, really early this morning. I was at the door at 6.30, and uh, it was just a very, very long day. So I, and I came home, and I was like, Aaron, I need to eat. Okay. I was like, I need to eat oh my gosh i was like i need to, to take a nap don't judge me do you like just 10 let just 10 minutes and she goes do you want to nap on my pillow and i said yes and i did and my world <laughs> i like how she changed. like uh do you want to try just a hit of my pillow yeah, yes 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 ma'am yes ma'am <laughs> please oh gosh please please um it Another was magical it was so one like We've been so limited in what we think a bed could be because we've had them for so long that I don't think I think for us, we just don't think, wait, is there more that I could add here? Is there more that could make this a more pleasant experience, a more <laughs> respectful experience? Respectful. Is Res- that a word? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> rejuvenating all over again. OK, like yeah. is it? And that's what the pregnancy pillow did for me. I am in love I may have to buy my own. Uh, Luke, if you don't buy your own, I will be upset. And if Parr wants to find us a sponsor for a pregnancy <laughs> pillow, yeah. we will, I will gladly try it out. <laughs> I can remember. I can remember uh, coming home from St. John Newman in Austin, Texas, where I used to work. And I would uh, come home and say hi to the miss, um, the missus. And I would be like, honey, I just had a long day. I'm just going to take a nap. And I would walk into the bedroom. And our bedroom looked like the bedroom of a minimalist. It was just flat and open because we just didn't own a lot of furniture and stuff. And I remember seeing that pillow and just getting a devilish grin on my face. And I'd be like, this afternoon nap is going to be a beautiful nap. (laughs) I lay on my side. My legs wrap around it, embracing it. It's beautiful. I... um... It's wonder, yeah. Praise, praise the Lord from whom all blessings flow. Bam. I wish I, I, I would have loved to have had this after a night of drinking. You just come home, you just go, <laughs> Ugh, and you're good to go. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Luke yeah. proves the. I would love to hear your pregnancy pillow stories at Patreon.com/slash. <laughs> Comment on the post below if you like it. Hit like and then subscribe. Hit that bell for more information. Thanks, YouTube. <laughs> All right. Uh, boy only altar of servers or mixed. Okay. Now, I've been an altar server all my life. I have had a radical experience of being an altar server. I loved it. I was an altar server at a boy only church, 
and then I moved, and I was in altar server where I was a senior acolyte. And my current parish, um, we are... You got all the ladies in high school. Yeah, yeah. The best part was our candles used to be spring-loaded. There would be a spring inside the candle holder that would push the wax candle on the inside up, always up. And then the bottom base wasn't screwed on tight enough. So I'm holding the candle next to the priest as he reads the gospel, and then something comes loose, and the spring fires down and propels the entire candle up and out of the candle loader and right across the priest's face onto the floor. Best Whoa. day of my life. Best day of my life. Um, I will say that uh, I don't think there is a big decrease in vocations if uh, if it's boys and girls mix because um, I, I I just don't I don't see that happening. Because I never met a girl altar server that was like, I want to be a priest. They were just like, oh, it's a cool way I can serve. However, I will say I tend to prefer boy altar servers. I'm traditionalist. What can I say, man? I'm stuck in my ways. What can I say? I prefer boys. I do think it like just there's there is something about the aesthetic that just looks better, which is weird. Uh, Even in the age of scandal. But I would if I had to choose between all boys and better dressed altar servers, I would choose better dressed, like better outfits. Where like I don't like like it. Just I'm like I would rather if if like you're gonna see, I like I like the old outfits where it's like you're like you know kind of classic and surplus. Yeah, yeah. like I don't want to see like khaki pants and weird oversized untied gym shoes. It just like it. Yeah, it um, makes it look like mass doesn't matter, and we're just trying to do this just yeah. to kind of help out. And now, I was, at, I, at our church, uh, you would have gotten beaten. Now I know one of the fans is Hillary Gorman; she's amazing, and her family's amazing. And her dad helped to build our art, altar server program, and I was one of the not the original original, but the quickly soon to be original altar ser- senior acolytes is what we call them. But man, you would have gotten beaten if you showed up with anything other than. Black shoes, black socks, and black dress pants, and a white undershirt. So there's all these boys. You know the altar servers have arrived when the boys and the girls are both showing. You see someone with a plain white shirt and plain black pants or a black dress and black shoes. Women had to have their hair in a tight bun, um, and boys couldn't have, like, goofball hair. Like, you could not have the, uh, you know, the messy the messy hair that I really sp- spent two hours on making it look like I just woke up and got out of bed. You could not have that at my church. We have bishops who are like, I've never served with altar service this elite before. But they also don't wear the cassock and surplus. They wear the, like, a, 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 a white robe thingy with a hood. Not a fan, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is, what it is. thing in Oklahoma. I know. I know. I, yeah, in Oklahoma, it was all boys, and we had a cassock and surplus. And let me tell you, a lot of those surpluses were unusable. Surplus is that white lacy garment that goes over a lot of unusable ones because we would play with the matches in the back of the church <laughs> and there were so many holes it was like we were chain smokers i do think that uh i i don't know i mean you know we all say that there's probably an, an increase in like that i being an altar is a good way to, to just to yeah. you know help encourage vocations it it makes sense. I've never seen any uh, data to yeah. back that up, but I also don't care. I, I think it, I think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, I got one. Can I do it? What the next question? Uh, well, I was going to add like one, like oh, uh, no, <laughs> okay, fine. I'm just kidding. No, we're, no, we're good. No. I'm just kidding. I'm uh, four white claws in. This is great. No, I can't drink at all. Lord, oh, no. Exodus ninety. <laughs> no, when like we were talking about all of our stuff. 
earlier, I was like, this is boring as hell. Is this what it's always like? <laughs> <laughs> is this what normal human life is like? Not constantly consuming alcohol? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, oh gosh, well, I was gonna say something about ultra servers and they're out uh, da, 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 and do like I um, don't remember. So all right, whatever. Hey, let's uh, keep the let's keep the mass theme going. Okay. 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 So the next one is your favorite uh, Novus Ordo mass. What does your ideal Novus Ordo mass look like? Okay, can you define again what they mean by I always get ordinary form mass, the, the normal mass that we're used to, as opposed to the Tridentine mass or a Byzantine mass or something like that. The mass so that's the, the Novus Ordo. Okay, so yeah. what do I like? Um, I like a little bit of chanting here and there. I love a good one verse during the opening and the closing song. Um, <laughs> one verse, then two choruses, and then you're done? Yeah, if that. Uh, honestly, I. Honestly, my um, favorite kind is when it doesn't have music. To to be honest with you, I why much is prefer- that? Because uh, I think it feels um, much more um, like a thing that you're doing as opposed to a stupid sing along. <laughs> it just like you yeah. you really feel like you're entering into a thing together that you are all, are all praying together, as opposed to like. And now here's a dumb song written by some annoying hippie. Annoying hippie Jesuit. Lutheran. <laughs> yeah, or Lutheran, yeah, whatever. We're going to need Marty Hogan. Um, <laughs> or is that Haas? Uh, no, uh, so what was your favorite Mass that you've ever been to? I really love the ones we did in Austria. Those are probably my favorites. Yeah, they were or, the, or the beautiful church. I was I was able to serve us. We, we quite often have – we would uh, have – have music but because we're in Aust like you couldn't bring all of your stuff out there it was pretty much just like guitars and singing and it yeah. just and so people had to do a lot with their with like their um vocals and stuff and it always mm-hmm. sounded great yeah. and the church was just beautiful um my favorite mass though that we did was saint john lateran's out in rome uh we just like that was awesome the praise and worship songs that we did while we were there were it was just i remember being very very powerful and very very cool. So that's probably those are my favorite masses that I've ever uh, gone. Besides, like all of our friends' weddings and my wedding and blah 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 blah. Do you think? Uh, okay, so uh, my ideal Novus Ordo. This is a little bit interesting for me because I'm going through kind of a mass conversion now. For those of you who don't know, in high school I did all. So I come from a conservative Novus Ordo parish. Then when I started homeschooling, there was this co-op run by an FSSP priest, which they do everything in Latin. That's always and, fun. And I fell in love. The Number one, the people, they were weird. But I fell in love with um, with the priests, the order, and the way of doing mass. So I was trained as an altar server. I never actually did the altar serving. But um, I would go to the Latin mass and high masses and all that stuff. Um, and they were beautiful, and they were, they were, they were standard operating fare. Of the extraordinary form, but um, I've also gone to Church of the Presentation here, which is the also known as the Ordinariate of the Chair of Saint Peter. They do the Anglican form that's been approved, and it almost is like, as the way my buddy says, it's the Novus Ordo the way it's meant to be. So, altar faces, you know, you face ad orientum, you have an altar rail, uh, but all the traditional prayers are in English. Everything's in English. There's no Latin, really. I mean, there's the Latin chants if you want, but um, 
They do everything in English. They chant in English. They have a sung mass, a said mass. And it is beautifully traditional in a way that doesn't feel like stifling. Um, mm, yeah, I, I like that kind. Yeah, and I was talking to a priest, um, Father Kingsley, who's the parochial vicar at my parish. And he was telling me that in Nigeria, the standard mass is the Novus Ordo in Latin. He said he almost never heard the mass read in his own language. And I think that the idea of doing – there's some parts of the Novus Ordo that I don't like when compared directly with where it came from in the 62 Roman Missal of the extraordinary form of the Latin mass. That I wish that even if you were saying both in Latin, there's some stuff that I don't like. There's some stuff that I hate about the Latin mass, uh, the traditional Latin mass. I hate doing the readings in Latin and then you do it all over again in English. I think that is stupid. I don't, I don't even I, – I, I, this guy was trying to explain or defend it, and I was like, no, it's dumb. It's dumb. You're doing the exact same thing twice. Just do it in English. Oh, well, you can't like the readings. And I'm like, I don't care. So that would be, I think, some mixture of that. I want chant. I, I do. I want chant for the mass parts. Yeah, I, li- I really like chant. I- because here's the deal. Men will sing that. You're going all affective with your voice. You got vibrato. I can't do that. I, I just can't. I'm not a singer. Chant is like one step up from speaking. Oh, men already. Um, so I, I just think like boo, you get <laughs> the Jim Gaffigan quote. He's a patron saint of Catholic comedians. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anywho. So I think my Novus Ordo is somewhere between my ideal is somewhere between the um, the Anglican ordinariate or the ordinary of the chair of St. Peter and a Novus Ordo in Latin. I just, I love praise and worship. I just, I don't think it belongs in the mass. And if it belongs in the mass, I think it belongs in very specific places. Like not the first communion hymn, the second communion. Yeah, hymn. I think it depends. Yeah. I think it depends. I, I think a lot of it depends upon the the style. I think uh, the Gunger, all like sons and daughters stuff that was big about like um, almost seven to eight years ago. I think that actually fits really well uh, with because it's typically sung in a, a, a lower key. Yeah. It has a certain build to it that I think works very very well. I think that style. Uh, I think that works. I have but no I, tolerance for rock and roll Jesus. I have no tolerance for folk music Jesus. Yeah. If no. you're going to do praise and worship, do praise and worship. But even then, um, like the lyrics, like um, one of my favorite praise and worship songs is in Christ Alone. In Christ Oh, I alone. love that song. Yeah. So great. But it's Calvinism on parade. And oh, when you yo, hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I hear it sung in the liturgy, I'm like, eh. You got you got some problems. You're educating the lady in the wrong way. And I one time heard a music minister say, and I, I probably shared this on the show, but he was like, we were talking about the song Reckless Love. And the idea, there's all this controversy in the evangelical world about that song Reckless Love because it's like, but God's love is not reckless to God. And the author of it was like, yeah, but it's reckless to us. And what do we mean by reckless? Like, it doesn't care about the consequences, right? It's just love, you know, uh, forget the rest. And so there's all these arguments going back and forth, and I just said, does it express the Catholic teaching on God's love? And the guy said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said, at the end of the day, who cares? It's just the song. Yeah, yeah, I hate and that stuff. I, and so that guy said that in front of – so these two musicians were having a conversation, two praise and worship musicians. And then she like – and they're friends. They're like really, really close friends. And she like stopped and like looked at him, and then I leaned over and I said, do you know – that the Arian heresy was spread by song. 
That was the catechesis of Arianism. And I said, so don't tell me it's just a song. In fact, after I get done giving a talk, most of these kids are going to forget what I said, and they're going to go out being like, in Christ alone, the world may fall. Like, they're going to remember that stuff. And so I just said, you know, you have a great burden that you're ignoring, that you are straight up ignoring. And if you play this song during liturgy, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I, did not, I did not make do with any of my threats. I just ran and hid. <laughs> As is the Catching Fox's way. <laughs> As is the Garmley way. Strike and then we run like hell. Um, <laughs> boom! Adios! <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the fallout. <laughs> Other people right. who have to pick up the pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Not us. <laughs> have fun, wives. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, that's good oh, for the math of- stuff. <laughs> That's good for the liturgy. I mean, no, no, we got no. a bunch I'm of questions. Sh- Those sh- are good liturgy questions. I'm sure uh, uh, that my sisters are loving this right right now. Um, They're like, in Christ alone. I know. <laughs> Emily's real in the Calvinism. <laughs> Lots of debate seems to be springing up about the morals of hunting. For it or against it? For it. For it. I, I think hunting is more moral than your supermarket. 100%. Do you think CAFO, the standard factory <laughs> production of meat, is yeah, better than hunting? Like, I, So let me say this. I have friends who hunt, and in Texas, you eat what you kill. Like, unless you're killing a pest, like um, boars just breed like crazy. You, you, all, all of our friends who hunt or who own ranches or yeah. who visit, yeah. they all eat it. And then they all have the heads mounted and bodies stuffed and fur turned into fine, fine women's clothing. Oh, man. I'm, I miss that. I want some venison jerky right now. Okay. So uh, good. So good. So good. I, I think there is – this is the one thing that I will add. There's like actual hunting, like the real stuff, which is what all of our friends who are much – much more like uh, who are much uh, more like manly, manlier yeah. than us. Yeah. Well, at least you. Then like. there's like – like savannah on the African thing where you like kill a lion and you're just like, see ya, you know, like, I think that's a little, and I'm not saying that I'm like, uh, on board with all of the cancel culture that goes on when like people <laughs> go on like an African a safari, that lion but I, had a name, <laughs> but Dennis, I just think that Dennis guy, that got all that shame from the internet yeah, for killing that lion. Yeah. And meanwhile, you actually listen to people from Zimbabwe, and they're like, "Thank God he killed that lion." We hate <laughs> lions. Lions are pests in, in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Uh, lions do this thing called eating people alive. Crazy, right? Um, <laughs> Who ate my Shih Tzu? Who ate my? It was that lion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my gosh! What's coming into our tent right now? Oh, we're dead. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like hunting. Yeah. For. Um, like okay, so to 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 I'm mean, I'm gonna use this word again. I am against I'm reckless hunting. I think that that's wrong. Yeah. But I, how most people in the United States define hunting isn't reckless. Like if you actually talk to people and understand what goes on when they go and hunt, uh, uh, in it's it, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like what they're doing it's, it's like especially how they do it. There's a real um. Like the how is actually, I think, almost just as if not, if if not, um, like more important to to people who hunt. Yeah, and if you've never like hunted what, and if you've never fired a gun, 
you should do those things because they teach you more than a news piece ever could. Um, because the people that I know that hunt, um, I, I just read an article the other day or the other day, like <laughs> the other year, um, about all these 2006. Yeah. All these deer that somehow are making it to long Island and they are hyper breeding and they're, cause they don't have any competition out there and they are, were everywhere. So the, um, the municipalities all out on Long Island, because it's not just like a city like I thought it was. It's actually as long as Connecticut. Um, they were paying all these hunters to come and just hunt right next to suburban areas because they were just decimating all the other flora and fauna that were out there. And so the people don't realize, like, yes, even Bambi can be uh, a pest. And so there, there's a lot of kind of drama with that. But uh, if you've ever been around real hunters – and what they really do. I mean, you have things like Ducks Unlimited, which fundraise tons of money to buy huge tracts of land so that duck migration patterns can continue so that they can kill them. <laughs> but they don't <laughs> want those ducks' population to go to a place where they can't hunt them. So they literally dump tons of money in the welfare of ducks so that eventually there will be enough ducks that they can keep hunting. Well, and also if you have too many of them in areas that we don't want, it can create huge problems, like you're saying. Yeah, before. Yeah. So it's there is kind of this um, hidden benefit to it that I think that I think is very easy to miss. So, um, all right, cool. Are we feeling good about that? Yeah, I got a funny one for you, Luke. You ready? All right, let's do it. Uh, James asks, uh, <laughs> "What's a good thing about Monopoly?" And I only have one answer. All of it? No, no. Go on. <laughs> no, my answer is. It's awesome if you're the banker because you can steal constantly throughout the game and cheat, and you can win really easily that way. I love Monopoly. Very fun. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just, it's, it's, who, why do people crap on Monopoly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what's up with this book issue with Benedict and Cardinal? So he's referring to stuff with uh, Pope Benedict and... Cardinal Sarah, or sorry, Cardinal Sarah. Uh, I don't really know a lot about it. So, you know anything? No, I mean, I know there's, like, Pope Francis is pissed that they wrote a book together. No miss. Just assume that it's already been covered by the CNA newsroom. Yeah, Catholic News Agency slash news slash no misunderstanding. Cardinal Sarah meets with Pope Emeritus. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh... With the baby boomer generation getting older and their kids now being the ones sending their kids to youth groups, there are going to be less youth in general. Do you think we are going to see a drop in youth attendance, not due to a lack of percent attending, but due to the lack of um, the number of youth? So basically, are we going to see a drop because there aren't as many kids? Uh, We're going to see a drop because everything else, too. But yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is the thing that people don't pay attention to. When youth ministers brag about numbers, 90% of that is demographics. 90% oh, of it. Oh, is... it's higher than that. It's probably, it's, it's more like 98, 99%. It's a rounding error. It's a hundred. <laughs> like, I, I, I do think there is a difference between like, okay, so I have a buddy of mine who grew his youth, he grew his youth group from like, he had like 35 kids up to like a hundred plus. Mm-hmm. 
Now, it was one of the best parishes you could do to have that happen. It still took a lot of work on his part and like a whole bunch of grace to make that happen. But there are some um, parishes where like no matter what he did, he was probably I'm never going to get that like that like number barring some type of divine intervention, which could absolutely happen. Yeah. But there is this uh, element like I, I sometimes we don't always do the best job. You, you are 100 percent right when you say as, as a church, when we point towards numbers, we don't always give um, geography and demographics their due. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was a youth minister at St. Anthony of Paddle, which is my current church, we went from I think when I was there it was about 230 kids. And I remember the semester that I left, we sustained 425 kids week in and week out at Life Night, right? But also, <laughs> the Woodlands underwent a massive growth in that time period, right? It was like peak Woodlands wealth and all these, you know, people from all over the, all over the world were coming to the Woodlands because of the oil industry. And so I can't sit there and pretend like that had nothing to do with it. But so what I do is I look at other metrics, like, for instance, in the past, we had 15 seniors hang around. And then the very next year, we had 65 seniors. And that was especially after I launched a thing called Senior Core, which totally interacted with the seniors in a different way and gave them leadership training for their, um, what do you call it, like college applications and stuff like that. So when we did that, I was like, okay, well, that's a bigger than the demographic growth over these, you know, four years. This is a dramatic increase. And then I start to look at different metrics of success. And so, for instance, at my church now, we are doing a household system that one of our household brothers, um, Steve Neppel, Father Neppel's brother out in Colorado, he pioneered the household system that's popular at Franciscan at, within his youth group. So then we did the same thing at our church, um, not me, the, the youth ministers, and my friend Paige is in charge of it. Me and Paige were talking about this, and we're talking about all these different things, and we use the language of discipleship. And then after talking with Paige explicitly for a long time, she said, you know, a lot of these high school juniors and seniors, because of the household system, are at like a fever pitch of evangelization but you find out having conversations with them that they're not really disciples. So you can't really disciple someone who hasn't made a commitment to Christ. And so these kids are still struggling with that commitment. They're really like advanced seekers. But the whole household system has zoned in. It, it got rid of the noise. And it's like, okay, here are, you know, your life as an upperclassman. Let's zone in on this and let's really talk about what it means to follow Christ. And a lot of them are like, nope, <laughs> right? And so yeah. that's the thing that I think I would put my money on people who are fearlessly doing things like that, making it smaller, making it more explicitly Catholic, really doing that one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two or one-on-three formation of people. Um, that's really where you're going to see growth because who gives a shit about numbers if the actual people's devotion and individual's devotion is just lukewarm. Mm -hmm. And I would also add, I think in the future that uh, the people who go are going to be all in. So you could actually see some parishes have an increase in things like – and this is just an 
an example, it could be any um, kind of ministry, but they could see an increase in youth ministry because like they're the only ones who are going to be at, at the parish. You know, so I don't, I, I, I don't, I think this is the end of having hundreds of families who are at a parish and who have kids who don't go to the youth group or aren't involved at the parish. I think by the time that people our age have kids, have, you know, uh, kids in high school, the only ones who are going to, to be going to, to the parish are the ones who are all in and they're going to have, and they're they're going to have a lot of kids. So the kids who are going, so I think you'll actually see these groups possibly even, you know, like, increase but only just because of um again like changing uh changing like demographics as opposed to anything that 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 the parish has done or both yeah and you can't gainsay like parishes in demographically happening areas tend to be those who are trying to be responsive to the shifts so there is a little feedback loop or virtuous circle that occurs in there there's generally a lot of energy and a lot of excitement in those cities by and large whereas in a depressed community where people are leaving, there's it's, it's a lot harder to build build youth groups. So it, it can become a virtuous circle. So I don't want to poo-poo the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and then like um, here's a really here's a really interesting um, example. I I won't say who, although it's kind of obvious. Uh, there's 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 a parish that I know that doesn't really have a big like, youth ministry program, even though it's in one of the most popular areas in um, uh, all of Cincinnati, because the the vast majority of the people who live in this area are like are millennials who don't have a lot of kids yet. Yeah, yeah. Or or or, or you know like or all the kids are young, or they just you know again like they just don't they just don't ha- they just don't have kids, so they don't have a crazy huge on the youth group. Even though it's one of the more, um, I mean honestly probably top you know, two or like two or three popular, uh, popular areas in all of Cincinnati. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. I, I think it's like, I think this stuff is, uh, absolutely fascinating. I do too. I do too. And, and yeah, uh, what is it? 63 of all Catholic teenagers in the United States are Latino. I remember walking out and someone told me right before I went on on stage and I was the host at this one group in Texas, they said, uh, Oh, like, it's like 75% of the teenagers out there are Latino. And I walk out there and I was like, hey, guys, gals, none of you look like me, yet I still get the job. <laughs> I'm like, whoopsies. Well, maybe next year we'll hire a Hispanic. <laughs> yeah. Who's ready for a bunch of jokes that you're not going to get? Do you think soy milk is regular milk introducing itself in Spanish? i led with that joke yeah they you, loved it oh man you've had a lot of crappy dad dad jokes recently i'm just uh, gonna i'm throwing it out there too. la ba re a la ba re a la ba re a la ba re a la ba re you disgust me uh can i tell you a horrible thing that happened to me yes so I'm doing Excess 90, right? And you can't have pop, can't have any of the stuff that I love oh so much. So I'm just, I'm, you know, so I've been trying to drink Luke, a, lo- a lot more water. Yes. Look, look, look. Please don't like show your fast in front of everyone so that you can be praised by men for you have <laughs> your reward. Oh my gosh, you are exhausting. You are exhausting. <laughs> uh, I believe you uh, wrote uh, that um, on my Facebook page, Luke. 
Yeah, I sure did. There was no reason. With Exodus 90, you don't necessarily have to quit being on Facebook. You, yeah. just, don't, you just only use it when it is for business. essential. Every, not for business, but for like, you know, like if your mom were to send you a um, Facebook message, you can respond to that. Um, no, I don't. There's, it's just like everyone who's putting Exodus 90 stuff on in their profile are just dramatic people who want to who want to I do I do the same thing. I no, do the exact I put same it thing on there. there. Literally, I put it on there so people would understand why I'm not replying to them. And you want people to know you're doing no, Exodus 90. I want people to know why I'm not Listen, the people yeah, who follow me on Facebook, bit. no, the people who follow me on Facebook are like I've severely cut that down. Like only my friends can see my posts. Blah, 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 blah. So I want people to know who are reaching out to me. Because also, you have to remember, Luke, I have people who reach out to me on Facebook for gigs. For me to come to their parish, they do it on Facebook. They don't email me. So I put that big banner on my page that says, Facebook is evil. If you need me, please email me. And I put my email. (laughs) Right? That's on my, that's a freaking cover image. That's true. And they don't do it. I go on Facebook (laughs) once a week. Once a damn week I go on Facebook. And they're still like, hey, we were wondering if you could come to our parish in three weeks and talk about. I'm going to hack into your account and steal all of those gigs. No, you know Um, what I'm going to do? I'm going to give it all to Kate. Kate, Kate, Kate. <laughs> no, Kate. seriously, Kate. Can you, Kate? It's gotten so sad. Can you just run our personal uh, Facebook profiles? <laughs> can you just tell? Me, can you just like text my mom like once a day and say it's from me, so she doesn't get mad at me for not oh, texting Luke, her? Luke, my mom is so mad at me right now. My mom is. Why is your so mom mad at you? Because they went on a cruise the day we got back from New York, and I didn't text her. I didn't know when she got back from her cruise. So now she's like, we've got back from our cruise, and you went on a vacation, and you haven't even texted us, and we've been home for weeks. How dare you? And, I, and I'm like, I don't know how to be. Can't you just say, hey, it's been a while since we heard from you. We live 10 minutes away. Can we come over? But no, it's accusation. Now my dad sent me a text today. He said, hey, text your mom at nine or 10 o'clock tonight. And I'm like... <laughs> Because she's, she's doing Bunko. And I'm like, Dad, I don't want to. I'm talking with Luke, my other mom. <laughs> it's true. You have sucked for my teat. Okay. Uh... <laughs> suckle. Suckle. I believe it's suckle. <laughs> okay. So anyways, I'm doing it. Exodus 90. I've, I've had to switch to drinking all water. And you're supposed to work out. I'm like, you know what? I haven't worked out in in, in in a in a hot minute so i'm very excited to go do it so i'm doing i'm doing the like oh, did one they reject to your uh membership to curves go on yeah seriously i was like what do you mean i need um uh, i've got so many curves uh <laughs> i got so many curves they're called lumps <laughs> my body's in one lane too you know uh i charge admission so... go on <laughs> people have season tickets <laughs> <laughs> dirty, dirty people. <laughs> if you live in, in like a certain state, you can get a pass where there are some um, blackout dates, though. All right. <laughs> you can use your Sky Miles. <laughs> there are premium levels here. There's gold. There's platinum. There's oh so rejected silver and occasionally okay bronze. Yeah. And when I'm feeling low, bronze. That's like the TV dinner. <laughs> and if things have gotten real bad, lead. This, this guy knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sure, it's poison, but whatever. It gets the job done. 
Okay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm doing this thing where it's like build up to where you can do a, a, a 100 pushups. I'm starting because I'm sad and pathetic and haven't worked out oh, this is the since best. I had a stroke. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so there's a, so I'm doing like five pushups because it's just the very beginning uh-huh. and I have a minute and a half break. And I go, okay, this is a little bit, a little bit easy. I'm going to do some crunches. And I just start knocking out um crunches. I'm like, hey, I'm doing like. Now, what was the last time you did a crunch? Uh, a crunch. It's been to at least 2015. <laughs> so I like I, how you measured in in years. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's been a it's been a hot minute. <laughs> Let me so, see. W was still president. <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Con Lisa Rice was very popular at the time. <laughs> All right, so she wore those um, sexy boots. <laughs> All right, so I decided. Okay, so I'm like, I'm gonna knock out these. I'm gonna do like do a bunch of crunches. So I do. I I'm feeling good, you know, because I've been like eating well for the past couple weeks. I'm starting to lose a bit of weight, and I'm like, I just got some energy back. So I'm, I'm like, I'm hitting these. I'm crunches. It's going. It's just awesome. And I I do sixty, and I'm like, holy crap, Luke, that was that was great. Stand up, get the absolute worst cramps I have ever had on like my core, like the right side of my core in my stomach. And I'm like, Oh, I go, Aaron. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I, Oh my gosh. This is so like, it's so painful. I can't do anything, but just endure the pain. And I got, I cramped up. I cramped up really badly because I was probably very dehydrated and doing way too many crunches begin. And for someone who's now about to approach the beginning of his late thirties, Tylenol for any headaches. Might all for any cramps. <laughs> cramps from crunches. So there you go. Um, I guess it's not as funny when you say it out, out so loud. So your, 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 your abdomen started spasming? Oh, yeah. It was like I was in pain. I was in absolute pain. Yeah. Yeah. I had to like Aaron got me uh, like um, got me some some Gatorade and we had some um, liquid IV and I just like drowned that that stuff. And then, like, had to lie down for for a bit. It was not fun. Whoa. Yeah, and I still feel, like, a little bit, uh, like, tightened. It just, like, all of a sudden it felt like I'm a really tight. And I was like, holy crap, that just, like, oh, like overworked. Like, that was, oh, this was a bad idea. And then the cramping started. Like, and it was really bad. It was really bad. And then I felt a lot of shame. Wow. So, anyways, that's why I started Exodus 90. What are top things a couple should talk about before getting engaged? What are top things a couple should talk about before getting engaged? One, who's going to be on bottom? Who's going to be on top? Two, uh, get a towel. Three, what do you say, Gilmore? Number one, 100% agree with what you said so far. Uh, Finances. 70% of couples filing for divorce is over finances. You have to 100% agree on finances. There are all different ways to divvy it up. Yours, mine, ours. I don't like that, but people do that. Uh, me and my wife dump it all into one pot. That's what I prefer. Same. Other things are uh, what is, like, how do you view a clean house? Because a lot of people want to feel, like, so, so for instance, my wife does not want to wake up to a dirty house. Okay? So you can delay doing the housework until the end of the night. But for me, I would delay housework indefinitely. <laughs> so <laughs> being a good Until husband, time. 
You're right, 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 right. So uh, I was helping a couple with their convalidation today, and I'm teaching them the do's and don'ts of sex in marriage. Just kidding. I was talking about the theology of marriage. And one of the big things was, like, what does it mean to die to yourself? So marriage is a, an efficacious sign of Christ's love for humanity. So what does that mean to die to yourself within a marriage? And I said, for instance, I hate doing the dishes. I hate doing all this stuff. I'll eventually do them, and they'll all be quarantined in the sink. But my wife loves to wake up to a clean house. So I have to die to myself because I don't value that at all. It's not a value. But to love my wife, I make this a value. So finances will kill you. If you hide stuff financially, you're you're gonna kill your you're gonna kill your relationship. Um the other so clean house, um I would say the divvying up or, or maybe the understanding of what it means uh to have kids, like what that looks like as a couple. Um a lot of men have never babysat kids, like really, really little kids, babies. I, I never held a child until Tim McMillan put his infant son in my arms, and I didn't support his head because I didn't know that was a thing. And then they went, well, you know, we're going to take the kid back. <laughs> you know, like, what's the experience of of kids? You know, conversations around that. Um, yeah, I think these are these are these are pretty big. And understanding of what intimacy means outside of sex, like you you can't have a relationship with your exes and me at all like you can't sit there and talk to them on social media and blah 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 um any addictions like need to be told if you're on medications for like especially huge mental illness stuff that needs to be talked about right if you're bipolar that doesn't mean you're unmarriable it means you need to have a conversation with what that looks like and what that means and right some people are very paranoid so what does paranoia look like within yeah. a marriage? I, I want to add to that really, yeah. really quick. I, I don't know how you can do this before you get married. So one of the one thing that was very difficult for Aaron and I was Aaron uh, deals with anxiety. And, um, you know, and she, I think I've talked about it here before. I, I talked about it on Pites with Aquinas about a year ago or so. But and that and her. And, you know, her anxiety tends to manifest itself in uh, just a lot of um, different ways uh, that I just do not understand. One of them being scrupulosity. Uh, the other being just um, just like how we talk or like how we fight the anxiety. It It, it is such a – I do like – I thought I had anxiety and then like i married aaron i was like oh never mind you know and it was just a totally i i wish i had known more going into that how much of that was actually out of her con like what she can't control and what she can't i think it would have saved us a painful couple of months or or so with that and just i'm um, knowing that that was a real thing that, oh like, like this is a thing that um i need to understand how like and I need to under like this is just this is the thing that I don't understand, and I need to start under under understanding that to be a good to be a good husband. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, when it comes to marriage and sexual intimacy, it takes a woman about eight minutes, something like that, to orgasm. It takes a man it's one awesome. minute, 
<laughs> one minute or something like that to orgasm. So, men, you have to make up the difference with romance. You are the only legitimate source of romance in your wife's life. You ever think about that? Preferably, the- it, preferably in the beginning. <laughs> yes, but you are the only legitimate source you know I mean. of romance in her life. And so you, you, it's on the burden of you to make her feel loved and special and wonderful. And I am terrible at that because I love having sex. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun that to actually care about another person's emotions while I'm lost in my own pleasures is a burden. But this is the beautiful thing about marital coitus is that you actually learn to care about the other person first. Yeah, that, makes, that yeah. makes you a great lover. You care about their needs first. So basically, what we're saying is embrace the embrace the foreplay. Oh, you gotta embrace it so much. Embrace it so much. Or as it they say like in the a, military, and uh, Patreon supporter Jonathan said, embrace the suck. <laughs> <laughs> he swings and a home run. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Look, where is this? I'm going to have to do so much editing. I'm so... This is such a garbage episode. Oh, it's garbage. <laughs> Luke, Luke, <laughs> go to the next question. Scientists are working on a medication that oh, I love Moira. Moira is Moira, the greatest human she's person. She's so amazing. She Her story's amazing, and I don't know if I ever responded, but I th- when I read that, I was like, "Holy crap!" Wait, she has a story that she sent us. Yeah, have you seen her Facebook? Her a uh, message on 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 um, no. on Patreon. She's kind of amazing. It's fantastic. Oh, you need to go and read that's that. Awesome. Um. Scientists are working on a medication that supposedly replicates the the um, the um, benefits of exercise on the body. Thank you, God. If they perfect this, do you think it would be um, sinful to take it and be a lazy slob? Asking for a friend. The best Not is asking, for, asking <laughs> for a friend. How hilarious is that? What say you, Luke? Um, so uh, here's just my gut reaction to this i am of two minds i could see some a legit uh i could see some like a legit benefits to that so i don't want to write it off completely but i think if you were just to take those things and then just not want to do anything and i think you're going to lose touch with your um humanity like if you depend completely on pills to be a functioning a functioning all a human being and you don't have a, and you don't have like a, um, a massive, you know, debilitating issue in terms of like your overall health or your like over, oh, your overall like mental health. Okay. So let's take those two things out of the equation. But if you have to take a whole bunch of pills just to exist, uh, that's, that's not good. That's not good at all. That's that's really going to mess things up. Uh, okay. So if you could take a magical pill. That makes your body tone and fit without you personally doing any exercise. Let me say two things. Number one, Pope John Paul II, as the artist formerly known as Carol Wojtyla in Love and Responsibility, talks about how technique replaces virtue. So he talks in, in this venue, he's talking about condoms replacing chastity. Okay, so that's important. Um, 
However, I'm reading a science fiction book right now where literally today they talk about one of the alien races that's the bad guys, and they take pills to make their bodies physically fit. They don't have to work out in a gym. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be awesome. <laughs> that was literally my first. Re- no discipline, all the benefits. Check, please. Yes, I would do it in a heartbeat. And then with my stunning bod, I would say, oh, I guess I might as well go to confession. And then uh, still take the pills. Oh, I would have taken so many pills in college. I I could see some immediate, like if, if, you know, um, if you were, say you, uh, okay. So like after my, after my stroke, I couldn't really do a lot of stuff. That's true. And that's when I started to really gain um, weight because I, you know, like quite literally could not do the things like everything that I did to work out. I could not I could not do anymore. So I could see a pill like that being very helpful in uh, that case where I could then ask, because I think I had like up six months where I, I mean, I couldn't even like, um, like stand on stuff. I couldn't like, you know, there were all, there were all, all, all sorts of things that I couldn't, that I could not do. What do you mean stand on stuff? Like the ground? I just kept falling down. No, no, no. So, like, the idea is is, is, is like, uh, so if I was, okay, so that does sound odd. I used to go to bars and I would stand on top of, on top of the chairs and I would, like, lead people and also, like, cheers and stuff for the U.S. soccer <laughs> Of course you did. I, I just wanted do that you to anymore. say that. I would stand on top of tables, <laughs> I would take my shirt off, and I would say, agi, 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 oi, 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 or whatever the hell people say. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, we're still like, yeah, and then we just, you know, I'll start uh, weeping. Um, it used to be out of joy. Now it's out of sadness. Um, is this is the darkest fandom I've I've never experienced anything like this. There will be books written about this. Anywho, not even okay. with the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, talk about oh that's I'm so glad all that's done. I'm just over all of it. Uh, done. done. Just, see you, don't yeah. Uh, uh, you dropped your suck. Um, what's my what? Damn it, Gormley, what was my point? <laughs> well, after your stroke, you couldn't stand on tables with your shirt on. Yeah, so I – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, okay, no, but, like, I couldn't uh, – um, there just, like – there were a lot of uh, physical activities that I couldn't do. Like, I couldn't really uh, drink any – I couldn't drink any um, any more than two beers or so, or if at all – and it, and it wasn't because of like the of like the beer itself, but it was like what the alcohol could do. Like if I were to if I were like trip or something, or if you know like I were to fall and start to bleed inside because I was taking I was on tons of blood thinners, I could really hurt myself. Uh. And so that's why like you can't like you can't hurt yourself. It's kind of what so anything that could may cause you any sort of almost any any type of physical harm i could not do i was dumb and if i was smart i actually would have had like a bracelet thing on like on my wrist that i would have told people if i was in a car accident that i was that i was on i'm wafering because that means i was gonna bleed very like easily all over hi my name's luke and i'm a bleeder yeah seriously tampons can't help this guy and so um, they're called rockets for nosebleed. <laughs> you should probably cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> but maxi pads, very helpful. Uh, you, Luke. Actually, Luke, what? Luke, you told me to edit the tampon thing and then you go right to maxi. Pads? <laughs> I was I was adding one more thing. <laughs> I was trying to make you laugh. Oh, no, you already did. You had me. Sorry, for trying, 
Sorry, I'm trying to bring joy to your life. How am I going to edit uh, these podcasts? I'm going <laughs> to literally have to take okay. off of work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay, here's actually this other thing that I would. So long way. So I was going to go back to the other question. I have legit advice for a thing to do before you get engaged. Anyways, that my, that is a long way of saying I could understand where you actually that could help you out in a in a in a, in a situation unlike that. If it didn't, I'm a mess with my blood in terms of like being unlike blood thinners. That would have been very helpful because my um, physical activity was extremely limited. Piece of advice for the engaged engaged couple. Tell me if you think this is true. Go with your wife to where t- t- uh, go with uh, your like, fiance. Go to the store. You guys are probably going to do all like of your shopping at once. Once you are married, go to the tampon. Go to the tampon section. Have her point out what kind she needs. So you know exactly what it looks like and you know exactly where it is. I have never been more overwhelmed in my life than when I had to stand in when I had to stand when I had to stand in front of dozens and dozens and dozens of different kinds of brands, different 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 um, different um, kinds of products, and I had to find the right one. Needle in a haystack. But if she takes you there, she goes to the exact spot. You can even get a picture of it, put it on your phone. Then you even the score and make her buy you Gold Bond medicated powder. Isn't that good advice, though? Yeah, that's good. I've never had to you, buy any of that stuff from my wife, though. Uh, no, one time I did. One time I did. And it was funny. I, re- I remember one time I was a – yeah, because my wife's a stay-at-home wife, right? So she does, she does sure. all the shopping and all this stuff. But yeah. I remember one time I was a, um, a a checkout guy at a grocery store when I was 17. And a guy came up and I go, hey, how you doing, sir? And I was working the Express because it's the fastest guy in town. And I was working the Express lane. I'm like, bing, bing, bing. And I look at this guy and he's literally sweating. Sweating, Luke. And I go, hey there, sir. How you doing today? And he goes, a little awkward as you could tell. And I was like, what? And I had no idea what he was talking about. I'm already holding the tampons as I'm scanning them. And I'm like, what? And then I look down at his stuff, and I realize, oh, and I go, and then an idea pops into my head. A beautiful, beautiful idea. I grab the phone that summons the whole store speaker system, and I push down the button. I go, I need a price check on uh, you know, whatever, Tampax, tampons. Why would you do that? Because it was so funny. And the guy was like, <laughs> and I go, oh, no, no, it came through. All right, cancel that. <laughs> I hung up the phone and then did his thing. Because I just thought, it like, why are you nervous? This is a feminine hygiene product. Well, no, I don't think it's a matter of, like, um, nerves. It's just like, holy sh- crap, there's dozens and dozens of those things. Yeah, there's so many. But it's just like toothpaste. Okay. It's just like toothpaste. They're all the same, and they're all by brands oh, yeah. who are trying are you, to dominate the shelf space, and that's tell it. That is, and tell that to Aaron, then, because I had to get the exact specific kind, and I was so confused. <laughs> I couldn't just grab whatever. Yeah, no, that's right. Fair enough, fair enough. Price check, price check on Tampax tampons. It was my best day ever. Uh, I used to get on the phone all the time when I was a, a clerk, and I'd be like, uh, paging Michael Gormley? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> like, the girls are going to love this. Wait, what? Where, where are you going? Come back. Come back. I have so much free time. Okay, Luke, we have a question here. 
if you were to uh, teach a class on an introduction to Christian prayer, what would you talk about? Um, Asking for a friend. This is literally from me right now because I have to teach a class tomorrow and I'm not prepared. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I would just grab a Balthasar's prayer prayer book and go, here we go, kids. Do you like aesthetics? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like things that just kind of go on and on and on? You're like, I think this is either really deep or really weird or both. Oh, well, that um, describes this podcast. Uh, okay, here's here's what I would do if I were you. I would use – I'd talk – I would start on the liturgy, go to group prayer, then go to individual prayer. You're welcome. All right. Okay. I haven't even taken a class on that stuff. Imagine if I had studied. Imagine. You'd be the one that carries this podcast instead of me. What? <laughs> what? Uh, listen, this is like just like residuals now. Okay, John Nielsen, budgeting sucks. My wife would rather fold laundry. What do you do? Listen, I'm going to say this. This is my pro tip for budgeting. This is super simple, super quick. Get the Mint app from Intuit. If you really, really hate... I don't like Mint. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. You're a jackass. If you really hate budgeting, try... Okay, number one, try Dave Ramsey's free... I think it's called Every Dollar app. It's totally free, and you budget where every dollar goes before the month happens. Okay, that's number one. Number two is you need a budget. If you get the YNAB app, maybe that... I think that's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a lot of people say as an experience, uh, as an app experience, that one, that one is much better. Um, the third thing is Mint, and I'm going to tell you why Mint might be more attractive to y'all. Mint isn't about planning a budget. It's about seeing where your money goes at the end of the month or at the end of the week. So I every week I review my money, and then I have these budgets that casually I've set up, so clothing and children's this and whatever – and it'll set up individual budgets based on your previous spending. So it'd be like, you typically spend $130 on, you know, clothing. But this month or this week, so or this month so far, you've spent $150 or whatever it might be. So that's something that helps you prioritize looking back so that the next month you're like, okay, well, we spent too much money here. Let's knock it off on that. I know a lot of people that hate budgeting, even though they understand it's a good discipline, blah, blah, blah. They hate budgeting. And if you really, really hate it, then maybe the Mint app is a better approach. My only issue with um, with Mint is just with all the ads and stuff. I just yeah the credit I think card ads I've, are a bit much yeah right? and lending just, tree and shit like that yeah it's just so much I I just think like you need to budget is uh, it's a really great place to start it gives you good it it's, it it really um gives you a great a great starting point of trying to um save up like months worth of income or you know I mean, you don't even yeah. have to do that per se but uh, we um well we I use. Quicken, and it took a little bit of um, – I uh, had a bit of a like, learning curve just because my brain isn't – you know, it's kind of – it's definitely a, a like Microsoft product where it's incredibly like – you know, it's just um, – I don't I'm think like that. So – and I like how you need a budget is because it's just it's a, little, it's a little bit more like it's all right there, very – I'm user-friendly. But I've got – I've got – I'm used to Quicken now, and I think I think it's a more powerful. Than, Who owns anyways. Quicken? It is uh, Intuit. So it's it's it 
is like basically the real version of Mint. Okay, so it's like quick. So it's, it's a diet version of QuickBooks, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's yes. It's basically that, but for your home or your personal business, if you want. Like when we ever get our when we uh, continue on this 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 path, we're going to just uh, uh, make it rain non nonstop. Quicken Noah style is not. Oh, it is a registered trademark of Intuit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, don't don't don't. Come after the cake, son. Hey, I apologize, sir. I apologize, your <laughs> highness. It's just um, funny. When I go onto Intuit's website, it's QuickBooks, it's uh, Mint, um, TurboTax, and ProConnect. It's not Quicken. Hmm. It's, um, hmm. it's, it's, yeah, the, it's, it's not as good as it could be, but it's, it's, um, Especially the Mac version is really frustrating. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, no, no, no. That's absolutely true. That has been a notorious problem. Oh, wow. It's so funny. Um, that's a notorious problem on the Mac is that they just refuse to make it more Mac-like. They refuse. Yeah. And so it just like – and it like when if, – if you're on a Mac, you're just used to things working a certain way. Yeah. And so it's kind of uh, – the trade-off is why I mean, you want a Mac is I just – you know, I want it to all be – I'm right there. I don't want to – I don't – I don't care how to – I don't want to have to organize it. I want you to organize it in a way that, like, looks good and works. Yep. That's why I'm buying this. <laughs> so yeah. – uh, but the power – it's just a li- – it's pretty powerful with what you can do with it. So I – because I, I do like seeing reports and stuff and seeing, yeah. like, hey, this is how much I spent this and that. And yeah. so Very that's cool. – And, like, that's – And Intuit, and Intuit, uh, Intuit uh, Mint does the same thing. I have reports I see all the time. Super simple. Yeah, and if you if you are a nerd who like um likes that stuff and you like be able to see like oh this is what like it's it gets pretty fun I think after um after like wild bills see okay so how much have I spent this year on um like property taxes yeah it's all right there if if, if you know however however okay. I would like to organize that very so. cool very cool um so if you don't like doing the monthly budget you have a couple options for you let me go right into this next question and then Luke we're gonna have to wrap it up soon. Um, PJ Herrera, following right along those lines, says, the line between giving God everything and being prudent as a co-creator, where is that line? Is it Ooh. us neglecting giving our treasure with that whole time and talent line? Like, are we being stingy as Catholics when we say, oh, I'm going to give my time and my talent instead of my treasure? Where do I draw that line between being a responsible adult with a retirement account and blah, 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 versus being someone who's radically dependent on the grace of Christ. That's okay. So that's really interesting. Um, it's something you have to give yourself permission to be wrong about. Like you, you like fail hard, fail fast in this, in this stuff. Uh, it's okay to get it wrong. Because I think the more important part is that you is that you do something. Yeah, it's much better to act than to not do anything, at, like at all. And I, um, you know, there are some people who like to give to things. I'm like focus because uh, they don't have the they don't have the time, they don't have the means people to go and evangelize, but they can give money to a, to a, a group like Focus and and the way like Focus does. You know, they can't invest all their time in like kids at college campuses, but they know that that is very important. So they want to give them, they want to give a little money to them. Like that's a good way to do, you know, um, 
But if you don't really have the money and you're trying to be like an, an, an adult, just start like see where you can. So like when I worked at Catholic schools, me and especially me and my uh, two good friends out there, we talk about like how do we tithe with we're not making um, that much money. Uh, we like what, you know, um, part of it was like, okay, like we are at this Catholic school, like we're going to give a little bit more of like our time here and we're going to be willing to like volunteer, help out to do these things. We will go and um, lead on these retreats. We'll go and do the stuff that people kind of don't, don't really want to do as a way to give of our, our like time here. And then, and I think, and there are other small ways that like I'm going to give as well, which is, uh, which is what we talked about. Like, even if it's just $5, that goes a lot. It really, really does go a long way. So I will say this. Um, there is no clear, hard and fast rule. You know, when we talk about tithing, um, tithing is giving 10% of your money to the church or church causes, not necessarily to your local parish. I recommend everyone giving at least 5% to their local parish. Um, and then another 5% wherever they see causes that are important, you know, whether it's a capital campaign for your parish that we're doing now or the archdiocese, or if you're terrified of giving stuff to a diocese and give it to, you know, whatever, focus, like Luke was saying. Um, with that being said, uh, I think I, I am struggling with this mightily because I really, really, really love the whole fire movement. But one of the problems I see within the fire movement is – an obsession with money. And I I love the fire movement because it broke my obsession or really fears around money. It's like, oh, so the financial game is I just invest as much as humanly possible in these handful of things and then, you know, have a handful of stuff that covers my expenses and I'm okay. Like avoiding debt, like that's biblical. Avoiding debt to as much as humanly possible. I got no problem with that. That's awesome. So if you have debt, you should pay off your debt like Dave Ramsey tells you credit cards, whatever. But then it comes to like, I, I read this article today on a criticism of fire from an evangelical. And he's like, you need to depend on God, not fire. So what are you going to depend on these bloggers or the word of God? And I was like, that's stupid. You're stupid. Like the cost of healthcare for me when I'm old is going to be astronomical. Therefore I should save an astronomical amount of money. So I don't become an obscene, uh, an obscene burden on my family. Like, St. Paul talks about that a man who doesn't take care of his family is has violated the faith. And so there's these elements that modern tools, modern views of money, blah, blah, blah. We have to make use of these modern means. And I don't think there is a hard and fast rule. I think it's prudence. Um, me and my buddy tried to come up with a rule, which is um, if you can live on 50% of your income and the other 50 you save, you should give at minimum – 15 to 20% away and then the rest goes towards your own family savings and blah 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 so uh, I, I don't think there is a hard and fast line some of you might be called to give up everything and serve the poor and I think that's amazing and some of us are called to fund those initiatives I mean where would the church be today without people who courageous wealthy people who courageously fund you know parishes endowments. I mean, like there's a lot of poor people who go to college because rich people give tens of thousands of dollars so that it can happen. But also like Luke always reminds us because a huge army of non rich people give 10, a hundred, a thousand dollars. 
you know, it's not all about the big gifts, it's, but it is about big giving for yourself, right? The Lord loves a cheerful giver. I would tell everyone right now to stop what you're doing, read 2 Corinthians chapter 9. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. We talked about that in our Love of Money episode. But just say, okay, like, when does giving become more burdensome to me? And when does it become a cheerful expression of love and family and, and service? Like, I think as Christians, we need to tap into that more and let go of some of the fear. But at the same time, we need to be prudent and invest in our future. I think there's a difference between uh, charity hurting you, like in, in terms of the act, the act of giving. There's a, um, a difference between it hurting you and it doing damage. You know, so like if I uh, if I have if I have a hundred dollars and I have to choose between either I give this to my to my to my parish or I uh, go without like beer for that month, which is a lot to spend on beer. But pretend that I, I'm 25, which is not that much <laughs> um, <laughs> like that hurts. But that does that isn't yeah. causing on damage to me you know if there's but if there's a thing where i'm like hey i like i need to go out with friends i need to have a social life or i'm or it's really going to like hurt my soul and people tend to go out and like you know we go out we go you know out to bars and i you know have a hundred dollars perhaps you give ten dollars to that to, to or you know let's assume like you like haven't given you know or whatever like yeah. It's good to it's good to go out with your friends and dad, like you know have a social life, especially if like you like we we you know all, we like all like need that. So uh, if it's if it's if you're having to make those like you know kinds of like kinds of like, you know those kinds of choices, maybe just give ten dollars and then just I'm using ninety to go and build a community and be and be with um people and all and all, all the other stuff. Yeah, and I I think too often we get wrapped up in investing in institutions that are nonprofits. I don't think that's the only thing a Catholic should do. I think there are like one of my things is investing in potlucks for our neighbors. Like we fund foot the bill for a a lot like the main dish of potlucks and we are feeding people. Like honestly, and now my next door neighbor might keep your hand or your fingers crossed and, and pray for this, but our next door neighbor he might and his family might come over for the Super Bowl, you know. Oh, great! That's awesome, and we're, we we want to feed them, so we really do set aside. I would say probably five or six grand a year, probably five grand a year to feed people, and it's not giving to a charity. And I'm never going to see a, a tax deduction on it. But that's the type of stuff that the Christian community needs to do, on top of that other stuff. So. Don't just think of it in terms of like, oh, this versus that. I mean, Jesus is very clear. Invite the poor, the blind, the lame, and millennials because they'll never pay you back. Yeah, it's true. Bam. Bam. Luke, we have to end this. I'm about to piss myself. You send us out. No, you're fine. All right, everyone. Uh, We we are just getting started. 2020, you are beautiful. Have a great – thank you to CatholicOnSocialMedia.com or whatever the hell your guys' name is for sponsoring this. You guys are awesome. God bless them. God bless them. Uh, <laughs> like they want the same things. I'm like, oh my god, fine, fine by me. And compelling and, uh, social media. <laughs>